uh, I really, um, the Grace Bar is my team for a reason, you know, because I connected through all those principles that I have been sharing right. here. Yeah. You know, Master Carlos Gracie Jr. is my master. His dad was the person who created Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He adapted right. the Jiu-Jitsu to the Brazilian style that made all this boom that what it is tonight, uh, nowadays. Right. And um, Carlos Gracie Sr., he was very uh, evolved person. He was very... Uh, like a guru, you know, and he saw something in jiu-jitsu. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Sporting Global Podcast. And today I'm here with Braulio. And Braulio, first of all, thanks for taking the time. How's how's everything going these days? Thank you very much, Ola Martin, my man. It's been a, a, a very uh, amazing journey, and I was really looking forward to to share with you. I was really excited to to come in on our podcast and well done uh, with the work you guys are doing. Uh, it's very good for the for the world. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate the kind words. You're doing a lot of great stuff yourself. And I mean, like at the end of the day, you're going to be the main, main person. We're going to cover a lot about your journey, you know, a little bit of, you know, some of the things you've done, a little bit of your lessons as well. You know, I think it's always important to talk about, you know, the lessons, the tips, the insights that are happening in people's career. You know, at the end of the day, that's the best way to learn after yeah, all. Man. So the invisible parts, right? <laughs> the, the underneath of the iceberg because we see right. just the tip of it right exactly. and um, sometimes this can distract a lot of people on their journey because sometimes they focus on something that's quite the result or right. the consequence of what you're doing yeah no it's it, it's spot on it's like you're covering the 90 90 extra percent you know of what's under the iceberg right <laughs> that's correct <laughs> well i mean like uh, we, we only have about 30 minutes so let's see how far down the iceberg we're able to go but we'll depend on <laughs> solid um so why don't we just uh, start, you know, from, uh, I guess, in a sense, from the beginning, right? Talk a little about mm -hmm. your journey in martial arts, how it all began, but also a little bit, I guess, how your passion for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you know, came to life. Talk a little about, you know, how this all started for you. Well, uh, the my beginning of the martial arts was quite very random at first. You know, yeah. my dad put me into judo because now mm -hmm. as I have two kids and one of them resembles a lot like uh, myself and mm -hmm. I couldn't understand why uh, he put me in the martial arts, you know, to, to <laughs> first to learn how to uh, to respect, to, to get the discipline, you know, to exercise and also uh, to calm down a little bit, you know, waste right. the energy in that. <laughs> so since when I started, uh, uh, you know, I kind of very, uh, you know, felt that it was a good thing for, for me. And I've always wanted to be a, a sportsman. Mm -hmm. But I'm, when I was, a, after two years of training, when I was 11 years old, my my sensei in judo, he passed away in an accident. Right. And that was really a big bucket of ice on myself. And then I got a little disheartened, you know, yeah. and then I started doing, I didn't want to train with no one. I really liked him. Yeah. And uh, I started training football with the Brazilian dream of being a footballer, as we all. <laughs> and, um, you know, but I also, I was very uh, aware that I felt a lot more happiness and more complete when I was doing sports mm. all my childhood. So I did all kinds of sports and I decided that I really wanted to be a, a sportsman at somehow. Right. So. I started trying football, volleyball, and all that. And then when I was 16, I had put already my mind that if it's by 17, I'm not going to be training at the academy in football. There's, that means I'm not going to be a professional in football. Right. So I put that deadline. You know? So yeah. when I was 16, I was watching the uh, the Olympics in, uh, in Atlanta, right, mm. in June. And I remember watching one of our judokas uh, from uh, from Brazil, Aurelio Miguel. He got the third uh, medal, uh, third place in the Olympics. And this for us was like a, a gold medal, you know. Like we, yeah. we it, for us in judo, you know, we always very passionate, but at the same time, we never been on the top all the time. Mm. So, and he got the medal, and that made me remind remind me of judo. Ah, you know, yeah, you know what? Yeah. I want to, I know what I want now. So in August, when we start the, the term, I'm going to train judo. As I was training judo, 
my friend that was my best mate when we did judo at first, when we were all nine years old, right. he started practicing jujitsu. Mm. And he invited me, bro, you should come and try check it out. Jiu-Jitsu said, no, 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 I don't like this kind of MMA and stuff. You know, yeah. no, but Jiu-Jitsu is, is like Judo, but on the ground. I said, hold on a second. If I want to be good in Judo, if, I, if I'm training Judo mainly on top, yeah. maybe I'll try to train on the ground to complete my game and become different in right. my, my scenario. Yeah. So then I start training Jiu-Jitsu uh, since the first time. I really enjoyed it. And then I was training Jiu-Jitsu to help my Judo. But after... Eight months, I start training judo to help my <laughs> jiu-jitsu. You know, so firstly, my my first attraction was more to the right. competitive side. I'm a very competitive person, yeah. and I wanted to to be something in the sport. And judo was something that I had the link from nine years old, and then I I tried. And then I felt the possibility as Jiu-Jitsu was a very big, good wave, was the beginning of everything in, in my city. There was no other academies. There was on, even a black belt, yeah. you know? So it was something that uh, called my attention. And as I was practicing, I was get to understand a lot of the lessons and of the, what Jiu-Jitsu uh, gives you so you can apply in life. And first of all, my confidence went out of the roof and uh, I start feeling that I belong to something. I belong to yeah. a family. I made amazing friends, yeah. uh, solid friends, you know, because when we're there training, um, right. you know, someone puts you in an armbar, you know, he could break. But <laughs> yeah, no, you got to trust them, huh? Exactly. So the trust becomes a very big bond. Someone chokes you out, you know, potentially it could kill you. <laughs> but you thought, you let it go and vice versa. If I put someone in a choke, right. You know, he trusts me that when he taps, I'm going to let it go. So this subconsciously right. it was a very good environment to be around. And then we, we, we create a bond and then we, 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 we stayed like a, as a family and we grew together, you know, and because I had that mindset that I wanted to be a sportsman yeah. and some of my friends stopped and I would be, uh, I, I remember thinking, man, I, I would be very frustrated if when I reach 40, and I started looking back that if I had carried on, what could I have been? Mm, so that yeah. mindset never, I never stopped and right. it paid off. There you go. Yeah. I mean, like you're a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt champion, you know, and obviously considered one of the top, you know, jiu-jitsu competitors in the 2000 era, which is, you know, pretty, pretty astonishing to have that track record. Um, talk a little bit about the journey and I guess and the process of becoming a black belt champion, you know, because... I mean, like, it's a lot of work. To, to it is a lot of work. It, it is a lot of work. And um, I came from a very small town in comparison to where Jiu-Jitsu was. You right. know? If you, like, if you think the chances of me be able to make in Jiu-Jitsu, right. you know, it's the same probability of a person who is homeless become a multimillionaire by its own initiative right this day equivalence you know and uh you know that that always got to me a lot you know because when i when i when i got to to the hall of fame last year right i i i kind of like me why me how like because right. I'm, I'm still the same yeah. silly boy you know <laughs> what i mean and yeah. then what, how, how? Because I'm not, I've never been the most strongest of the academy. Yeah. I've never been the most technical of my division, you know, but how did it, did it happen? And then I start trying to connect the, the dots. Mm -hmm. What was the differential? Right. And uh, one thing that came to, to my mind was that I was really, the decision to carry on in jiu-jitsu was my was because I really had the passion. I, I developed the passion for it. I yeah. loved it. And uh, I did production engineering for three and a half years. Mm. But not because I loved engineering, it was because the diploma would give me a good salary. Yeah. You know, And then I was doing jiu-jitsu on the side. And I was doing kind of amateur level. You know, I, I could see the potential because I could see that coming from that small city that there was no even a black belt around. I, I was able to 
with the with because I, I noticed that if you really love what you do, things on the up, everything is fine, right? It doesn't matter if you love or not, but on the downs of life, if you love what you do, you do it anyway. You yeah. know, and that's what I felt. On the hard times, I, I, I chose jiu-jitsu to be my stress relief. Right. And by choosing jiu-jitsu on the good times and on the bad times made me choose jiu-jitsu all the time. So yeah. it made me carry on and bash, bash, passing through. And um, I remember when I I went to, uh, I got a little cocky at first. No, I would say I've never been cocky, but I would say over uh, over myself a little bit when mm. overconfidence right. when I was yeah, right. a white belt three stripes and I wanted to uh, there was a, a, a seminar and then it was on a Friday night and I remember that seminars is when people get the, the belt and I was the one I was feeling that I was be the one to get the next belt because I was beating everyone in my belt right because i used to go to train so i can beat others to get validation so Mm -hmm. i can get to my next stage yeah so i was okay man it's impossible if i don't get my blue belt right i even bought my my blue belt and put on my bag just left beside (laughs) so i already already expected high expectations to the fullest and then in the end my coach didn't give him the blue belt. I said, what? Mm-hmm. No, something's wrong. Maybe he didn't notice me. So I passed in front of him and I made eye contact <laughs> until I made eye contact. So when I made eye contact, he goes, hey, brother, how are you? You okay? You... I'll see you tomorrow. I said, damn it. He saw me. <laughs> so I'm not getting it, right? Right. And that was a little, that was the one of the biggest lessons. I was 16 years old. This was in 96. And I remember that I went back home walking completely pissed off and uh, disappointed, frustrated. And I got home, I went to the shower, threw my belt, threw my gi. You know what? I'm not doing this anymore Mm. because I'm not... Come on, how come I don't deserve that? How come I beat all the white belts? Yeah. And I I beat even some of the blue belts sometimes. Why can't I get the blue belts? Is it something? Is it the world against me? So... I stopped. I told myself I'm not training anymore. That that thought process got me three days for the first time since I started training jiu-jitsu. I didn't train jiu-jitsu for three days consecutive. That was the very first time. But on the on the third day, I was itchy to come back. I <laughs> miss my friends. I miss the atmosphere. I miss training jiu-jitsu. I miss right. that you know the 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 energy ex, uh, uh, expand like uh, you know like the training right, right, the grind. Right. But also, I understood that I I created I made a drama, right? Mm-hmm. I went there, make the whole this drama. So I try I, I I had the first biggest conversation with myself to get into terms, and I I like to be very honest with myself in everything I do, because then I can trust me. So, um, so this when I was sixteen years old, that time I I had this first main conversation that made a huge change in my life you know because when i ha- when i felt the the itch to to come back in training but at the same time i knew that three days ago i made all that drama <laughs> i had to get into terms with myself because i i am always trying to be honest with myself so i can trust myself because mm. honesty leads to trust Right. And if I don't trust myself, how can people trust me? You right. know? Right. And um, so I came to into terms and I said, I'll a little talk to myself. And I said, listen, brother, okay. So you want to go back in train, hey? Yeah, I want to go back in train. I miss it. So if you want to go back in training and you don't get your blue belt, are you going to make all that drama that you did three, three days ago? Crying because you didn't get your blue belt. No, no, that's that's not gonna happen. Promise. So let's go back in train. No. So okay. So if he, in a few months you don't get your blue belt, you're not gonna do the same. Good, good, good. So, but you got very upset because you didn't get your blue belt. Right. What did you do until then that you thought you deserve? And so, well, I was beating everyone. Right. Asian. So and I, so did this give you the blue belt? No. 
So <laughs> what what is it on your control? Can you go there and put a blue belt yourself and step into the to the academy? Of course not. Can you ask your professor, your coach to give you the blue belt? Of course not. So what is in your control? What can you do? You want to go back in train. So what you need to do to be able to be fine for you to keep training. Right. And then I decided then that for the first time, I am going to go there and train to be as good as I could ever be. And in my mind was, I will focus on my self-improvement to the point that will be undeniable that I deserve the blue belt. Yeah. Yeah. I, so as soon as I shift that mindset, the first day when I stepped into the academy, I had no pressure whatsoever on my shoulders because mm -hmm. I didn't have no, for, for the first time, I didn't try to train to impress my professor. Right. I trained for the first time for me. Yeah. That was a very big change of my mind that I brought with me right. up until the higher level. Because you can only control what you can do, right? Mm -hmm. And um, once I, I I made the choice to get as good as I could ever be, I automatically wasn't afraid of try something new mm -hmm. or try to explore something that I knew that I wasn't as good as some others because I no longer ha had the pressure that I cannot lose. Yeah. So therefore, I open up my range of chances and possibilities by being dealing with my ego in mm. a way that if I try something and didn't work, at least I know the reason why it didn't work. And I know because I was trying something new. At the same time, I'm putting myself out there to explore that area. Right. And my jiu-jitsu went skyrocketing because I start being more confident and comfortable in different areas on the, after a few months. Right. And therefore, I got my blue belt within three months after that, <laughs> you know. But yeah. uh, it's, it's just because uh, looking now as a, as a professor, as, uh, uh, when I look, by beating someone else, does, it's not about beating someone else or losing to someone else to show where you are leading. Right. But right. how you beat them and how you lose to them. Yeah. Because if you try, if you are beating someone and doing something that this will get to a point that's not going to no longer be used because you're using maybe power, maybe using your youth, maybe use your, your flexibility in the wrong way. Right. Maybe you're just being very, you know, not, 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 not with, with no foundation. Sure. That I know that this will lead to a big wall that you cannot break through. If you spend time just doing that, you're gonna get to a point that you're gonna get to the plateau. Right. Whereas I see nowadays, uh, my students says even though they are losing in the game because the guy is better or stronger, but at the same time he's trying to do the right thing. So mm. I know that if he carries on like that, eventually yeah. he'll break through because you need to go through the struggles. You right. have to right. feel on your skin, you know? It's like the metamorphosis of uh, the, the butterfly, you know, the caterpillar, when they go to the cast, before break the cast, you cannot help the open the cast. No, no. You help the cast, they didn't pump the blood to the wing, so they're gonna be an easy prey. Yeah. So that's what I like to to see and I, when I start connecting the dots. Mm. This was the first, uh, thing that made a huge difference on my career that I brought with me, yeah. you know, to be honest with yourself, right. you know, uh, so you can trust yourself and don't focus on anybody else apart from having people around you as a reference, but not as a target. So you can become a, a better version of yourself. So, sounds like a big turning point, you know, in, in it life. Was. And uh, yeah. so sometimes I'm mean, like, you had that at 16. I mean, like that's that, that's also in a sense quite early though, right? And to, to some degree, right? Yes, I think because of um I was very fortunate in that my dad had a very big impact of myself uh, for myself yeah. in terms of uh integrity, in mm. terms of um values. Right. And and um uh, I don't like to I don't like lies, you know. So I like I do like honesty. Yeah. And uh if 
I don't see the thing with the real eye. And if I try to avoid it or try to make an excuse or try to blame someone, it's, I'm not being honest, right? So if I say, ah, the professor didn't see me. I, 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 I'm, I he doesn't, he, he doesn't, he, uh, he doesn't like me or he, he's stupid or, you know what I mean? I could carry on sure, sure. on that mindset. Yeah. But when it happened, I had to figure out, okay, cool. I was sure that I was going to be a blue belt, but in the end of the day, I didn't get my blue belt. Why? Right. Why? 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 Why didn't I? So yeah. if I, I was lucky that I had something that I really loved doing it and I missed it. So yeah. it can put me in the corner to take the decision right? because of my integrity. I wouldn't like to go back and, and react the same way that I acted three days ago because then I would, I would feel stupid and I, would, I wouldn't be honest with myself. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah, I yeah, think for sure. that was the reason. So, uh, you know, obviously you've been performing at the highest level over a long, long time and both on and off the mat. Um, what have been some of your key lessons along the way? I mean, like, I know you, you touched a lot about honesty, trust to yourself and, you know, just, just that mindset, but, but is there anything else that you kind of learned along, like, especially being so long, you know, over at the highest level? Yes. I think in jujitsu is an individual sport, but you need your partner to train, right? You need to have someone that to be, uh, to make you better and you bounce back, make each other better. And, um, other thing that was very important was, excuse me. Another thing that was very important was the understanding the importance of sharing. Mm. The sharing, it was a big thing for me because I start realizing by when I start teaching or helping early stages, yeah. even though if I didn't know much, basic maybe even things that I used to teach when I was a purple belt to help, right. not necessarily worked today anymore, but just because I took that conclusion mm. by to exploring sharing. So I was all the time because I was the very early stages, like after two years of jujitsu, I became the more senior of my academy. Remember, there was no black belts. Yeah. You know, the highest grade, that was a, a purple belt, which was... Uh, that was the owner of the academy and um, we grew in the same level he has 10 months older the jiu-jitsu than I am right so we connect with the Gracie Barra which is in Rio de Janeiro which is two and a half hours away by airplane that was mm-hmm. the closest black belt to us wow. right so I didn't have the opportunity to train with black belts I only trained with people below me so as I was the most senior competitor of our academy yeah. I used to go to train uh, when I used to compete in Rio. I used to spend as much as possible time to train right. and, con- and connecting with my with the team, with my age group. Yeah. And I com- tried to, to absorb like a sponge as much as possible yeah. so I could come back home and practice and share with everyone else right. so they become more challenging, right? right? And right. then that was one of the very important thing that made me go from that homeless towards right that way. right because and a lot of people sometimes they don't appreciate the importance of sharing because sometimes they already had it anyway and yeah. then nat- naturally they share and naturally like people share with them and so become like that laboratory after classes training right. sharing right. and become something that's become the normal but yeah. i didn't have that and i realized that if i didn't share to my my friends and my my training partners i wouldn't i, I wouldn't start to understand in deeper way whatever i was teaching and the right. more understanding a deeper way what i was teaching i used to t- I, I start taking my own conclusions of how improve that because if you have the real intention to teach with making a difference on someone else's journey with the purpose that man this is exactly what i am trying to do mm. and this is exactly what works for me try to figure right. out how it works for you and yeah. some people yes but what about this what about that and i go Oh, yes, right. How about that? I'll go, how about that? And then 
I have, you know, and I start right. learning more right. in that, and I carry on that with me, and then that's why I think explains a lot the biggest, uh, the the biggest stars of our generation that was a big jump where. When we were in that generation, we we couldn't see that jump. We all we all could see the gods competing <laughs> up there, and it's very right. far. But I came to re, uh, to um, Birmingham in the UK yeah. as a brown belt. I wasn't even a black belt. Roger yeah. Gracie, which is the greatest of all times, my best mate, he came to you in the same period of time. So we he was in London and I'm in Birmingham. We see each other once a week. But 90% of the time we train with our students that are white belts and blue belts with the level of the UK level. Right. You know, Marcelo Garcia went to New York. And in those, um, us three, we became kind of a, a good reference mm -hmm. of people who came from being training abroad without training. Right. But we made it. And that was the reason. Because we spend a lot of the time of our day sharing. Yeah. And that's the proof. That if you share with the intention of making a difference, yeah. you end up getting to more understand of of that subject deeper way. Right. No, it makes makes it makes a total sense, and uh, I mean, like it's it's a really valuable lesson that you that you're bringing up. So obviously, we're moving on, and you be, you're already touching a little bit on you know some lessons, some some your journey, of course, more specifically. But talk a bit about you know how martial arts and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has impacted your life, but in that sense, more to the structural rules, the mindset that are being pushed out in in these sports and, and the mentality that goes on it. Yes. I mean, I take a lot of what I learn in principles in, in, in Jiu-Jitsu and I, I have been crossed, crossing with my life experience outside of the mats. Yeah. And I, I start somehow because I start. I like observe a lot, you know, sure. and uh, I learn. I, I try to kind of uh, correlate things and try to figure out the common denominator on things. <laughs> and I believe that every success story has a very, a co the core of of the success story right has very uh, that is a common denominator, you know, mm -hmm. and. Um, I, I I noticing that and then I start applying things that I learned that was successful in jiu-jitsu and try to apply right. in life. And and also because I I I lived very I have been living life. I believe that I, I live a very good life. I'm, I'm I traveled a lot. I learned a lot with traveling and you know through applying the integrity, the the values, and I also try to call, uh, to transfer the things that I learned in life. Into right. jujitsu, and I improve yeah. my jujitsu. You know, right. it's it's all about the mindset. For example, um, in jujitsu, like we learn how to be comfortable on a very uncomfortable situation, mm. because you're there every day. You understand that if you don't panic, there will always a a way out. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. Right. You understand that if something just happened, it cannot go back in time. You don't, as long as you don't let get worse. So right. you stick the game. You know, if the if the game, if the referee didn't stop the match, the time didn't run out, you're yeah. still on the match. If you didn't tap out, if you didn't tap out, you're still on the game. You yeah. know, in life, if you didn't right. die, you're still on the game. You're still there. Right? If you're alive, you're still there. Yeah. So, and then um, we learn how to deal with a very difficult situations but we're using the common sense for you to, to be on the game. And every time that you panicked, every time that you did the wrong step, you end up tapping and right. end up dying and it's over. That's, and then you, the beauty of it is that you have always the second chance in a match. Mm. You always put yourself there many, many times. Right. The time you can give it a, 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 a try of something different. And right. the more, because if you keep repeating the same thing over and over again, you cannot expect this a different it's result. A, it's the definition of insanity, right? Insanity, like Eisen said. So <laughs> that kind of, see, those yeah. things are correlated. See that? Uh, Eisen is talking about life and I'm talking about jujitsu, and it 
completes put in practice. And the beauty of it is because you are feeling right there the consequences mm. because it's there happening right now, right, right. specific moment. You need to be very present. Right. You cannot be thinking about your problems. Yeah, You have to be right there. Jiu-Jitsu is a problem-solving game, mm -hmm. you know? So when you start kind of opening up your, your mind for that me uh, methodology of mindset, mm -hmm. you will be able to kind of uh, break down your actual next step for right. common sense, not because you feel like it or you want it to, because fight is between two people. It's not about what one person wants all the time. You mm. need to deal with people's right. actions, reactions, right. right? And um, in every step, in every moment in jiu-jitsu, you can only control what you can do 100%. You only control what are your intentions. I never going to really know what is the full intentions of my opponent. Right. He right. feel what he's doing it, but I'm never going to really know what the real intention behind. But if I, every step that I do, I'm always prepared for the worst case scenario. Right. If the good case scenario happens, I'm good. Yeah. If it happens, I'm good. And if <laughs> the worst case scenario happened and I'm prepared, I'm good. Right. Because in go. every moment, I have the ability to decide to do something or not. Right. It's up to me because I can do nothing about it. I can do something right or I can do something wrong. Right. It's down to me. It's down to me if I am trying with the good intentions, the right intentions or the yeah. wrong intentions. It's up to me. So that intention will dictate what's going to lead the consequence. At the same time, my opponent also has the choice to do nothing about it, what I'm doing, do yeah. something right, something wrong. But he is the one that has intentions to control. And then if I'm ready for the worst case scenario, I'm always going to be ahead. But I think I think I really enjoy kind of like your 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 talk here about like second chances, right? Like you always have a second chance. And I mean, like life is, you know, has a lot of second chances, right? Like things will always right. come up, like you will have pressure, you will have challenges. And but, you know, you got to keep moving. You know, there's always a second chance. Correct. And uh, for, I believe that I, myself personally, ex extremism, you know, I, I, I think that I believe that everything uh, to work nicely in an environment is about the balance. Yeah. You need to find the balance. Sure. So like when it comes to politics, if you're too right or too left, yeah. it, it, there will be missing something. So sure. if you're not willing to try to understand the other side of the coin, yeah. you cannot find the balance. Right. It's very difficult because you will be very close-minded. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So right. with jiu-jitsu, one thing that I, last year, uh, I was kind of analyzing. I said, oh, man, that's, that's such a good thing that I never thought about it because for me, jiu-jitsu is a game, is my passion, mm -hmm. is that challenge, is that game that I want to, you know, the puzzle, there is that problem solving. The guys try to do against something against me that I'll try to block it and I want to do something against him. <laughs> if you stop to see, let's talk about um, uh, bad intentions and good intentions in life. You know, some people, sometimes they come and do something with a, Good intentions sometimes with bad intentions, and then we're never gonna know. We're right. just gonna we're just gonna find out when the consequence happens, when the result comes, right? Right. So, if I am prepared for the worst case scenario, if I can feel always what my deck gonna lead, I will be a better in a better place to deal with that situation. Right. But in, right. In, look at that, Solomon Martin. In the jiu-jitsu, when I train with someone. Even though I, I have, I love my team. I love my my partners. You know, we train together. Yeah. We 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 brothers very much. Right. But during the game of the jujitsu, I am exercising the 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 the. I wouldn't say it's not the evil mindset, but it's like the 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 bad intentions towards him mindset. Right. Right. I try to manipulate him. I try mm. to put him in a position that he cannot get out. Right. I'm trying to trick him. I right. try to deceive him. 
yeah. I try to to put him in check so he cannot do nothing against me. Right. But in jiu-jitsu, but your mind developed yeah. with that, right. figuring out on how to stop anything that he can do against me, but I do against him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm. I become I become a master manipulator mm. in jiu-jitsu. But right. the mindset, how you perceive, how you position yourself, how you place yourself in life, when I see someone showing some signs of it, I go, oh, okay, but what if he, I want to be prepared for the worst case scenario here just in case? Because if he does something that I'm not controlling, yeah. I will be fine. So that kind of mindset helped me a lot to figure out the balance. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes, because, makes when you are, because when you're too good, people tend to take advantage of you, right? And when you're too bad, you go out of the spectrum too. It's so remember when you can do nothing right or wrong, and you can be in a place that I have to every moment that exists in life, you, you yeah. should be aware of learning the lesson. And example, if I am bullied in school, mm. I didn't do nothing wrong, right? right? Someone bullied me. Yeah. I know how it felt. I know the consequence of the bullying happening. Mm. Now it's up to me to learn from that. When I grow up, am I going to be the bully yeah. and make someone else feeling what I felt then? Right. Or you grow up and say, you know what? I didn't like what I felt because someone bad bullied me and I learned the lesson. Mm. And you evolve and become a better version of yourself. Right. Or you are watching and experiencing two people, one bullying each other. And then you see what happened to the to what the bully did, what was his uh, uh, consequence for him, and you know the consequence for the person who was bullied. So you didn't do nothing, but you could learn yeah. from that. And also, you could learn by being the bully. You yeah. bully someone, and it's up to you though, because in the end, it's only be up to you if you want to do nothing about it, right or wrong. Right. It's always like that. So if I bully someone, I saw the consequence. This was this good or bad. You know, look what happened to the guy. Would you like this to be done to yourself? Right. Would you like someone to come and do what I'm doing to the guy? Why am I doing this to the guy? So this kind of lessons is correlated in a way to what you can take as learning from the consequence of each right. actions that exist. And then you start trying to trim down towards to the best way as possible to become a, uh, the best version of yourself, you know? Oh, it makes it makes a lot of sense. And at the end of the day, it just comes down to you, you know, and like how you evaluate oh. your situations. I mean, like, and, and I mean, like, I, so I, I'm probably going to ask a question, which, which a lot of, uh, fans here that are watching you or like that knows jujitsu and stuff are going to probably hate me for because i don't know the sport but we've been talking about you know um judo and, and brazilian jiu-jitsu like in a very kind of how can i say more of a mental aspect right we talk a lot about everything mm -hmm. how you're evaluating the process like the mindset around it and the structure but what we haven't really talked about is like how is the sport actually being performed, right? Like what's, what makes judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu difference? Like what is unique about Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Because I mean, like, honestly, I have no idea. So <laughs> I like there might be some people here that like, but actually what, like, what, what is it? And what's the difference, you know? So it's pretty much judo and jiu-jitsu, they are very similar yeah. uh, overall, but the rules right. made the jiu-jitsu to explore and spend more time on the ground, mm. because right. of the rules. Example, the, it, most like 90% of the movements that can be done in jiu-jitsu can be done in judo. Mm. Okay. Very similar. They, we are the same uh, uniform, the kimono or gi or however yeah. you call it. Right. And the objective is to to grab the opponent and, and, and try to end the fight, right? Mm. But the rules in judo, if I take you down, yeah, with your back flat. Yeah, on the mat, the fight ended. Mm. So why do I gonna spend time training the ground when right. if I right. put you in the back, yeah. it's gone. And it, this is I see very much how things leads in life. It's all what you focus on, you become good at it. Yeah. So 
in that's why when I started in judo, I wanted to use jujitsu just in case when I went to the ground, I was a little bit more sharper than most of people because I spent mm. multiple time on the standing part. Yeah. And then when and the same thing when I started doing jujitsu, I started using judo to help me. So when I am on the top, I know how to behave and deal. In jujitsu, because when you fall, it doesn't matter how you fall, with your back on the ground, with your butt on the ground, the yeah. fight carries on. It just gets you points. So if I train 100, if I put a lot of effort on takedowns, 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 and I do the most beautiful takedown, the guy falls down, I only got right. two points, and the fight right. goes on. Yeah. So you need to get more awareness and more going depth, understanding the ground fighting so you know how to survive and how to control. Yeah. It's just a rule, but basically it's submissions, yeah. hold pins you get points in jiu-jitsu for pass guards in judo if you hold the person for 20 seconds with the on the ground even if i didn't take you in the epon for example epon is the highest takedown in judo okay. uh let's say if i took him in um coca coca is the first point then vasari that uh uh the the one before the epon yeah. so if i do a vasari on you the game is still on. So if I hold the person pin for 20 seconds, I I, I win the fight. Right. In jiu-jitsu, holding 20 seconds is it, just like no even one one tenth of the fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's uh, and then what leads you when you are training for judo, if I can hold in the right way or in the wrong way someone for 20 seconds. Even if even if he's about to escape and get in a very bad position for me that he could choke me after 25 mm -hmm. seconds, but mm -hmm. if I held him for 20, I won, even though if the position that the guy was was going to lead to my to the end of me. Right. And so right. in jiu-jitsu, we, we we go, I feel that's a little bit more realistic in a way that if 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 in a longer fight, right, you you have to be careful on how you position yourself because if you get out now he's in a position that he can get you you know but i, I like both i think he's a is no, both uh, it's good to kind of like just understand the separation and the differences that are there and like also the similarities right and, and I, think the same place. Sense, I think it makes sense as well to kind of like segue here to our next question uh which you know we're gonna talk about you know why and how, in your opinion, I guess, in a sense, why Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is so important for kids, you know, and, and especially tying that into the pillars, you know, martial arts, like respect, hierarchy, discipline. Uh, but also, I mean, like, I, I think we kind of need to touch on so two ways. Obviously, one, why is it, why is it important for kids to kind of learn this quite early? And second of all, how can, you know, an adult, you know, benefit from it, even if they start, you know, in their 20s, 30s maybe even 40s you know just kind of separate separating these two a little bit yeah i mean for kids i think it's uh is a very very important and judo judo as well yeah yeah martial arts yeah because yeah. when you uh go to school when you're a kid you know if you see that is when there is any argument or kids fighting like when it get, comes down to the hierarchy of the yeah. school you yeah. know i'm the guy i'm the cool guy or uh, you are the loser blah 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 <laughs> we, we don't for us when we are a kid is that little box is so is our universe yeah. when you grow up you go dude we are arguing for things that look at that we're just kids <laughs> right we learn from that but mm -hmm. at the moment it's very important for you to stand by yourself for yourself mm -hmm. because in, in, in the, when you train it that's for that reason that you're constantly putting yourself in those situations, if right. something like it, an altercation happens, you are you are comfortable, you are more confident on how to stand by yourself mm -hmm. and for yourself. And this gives you um a, a confidence and 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 the the way that you behave or deal with situations when you have confidence is a lot better than when you are afraid of something that because we always want to uh, fear the unknown right mm -hmm. you've never been in a situation that altercation and it happens you freeze you don't know what's coming what, what, i've never been here before but when you do that on the daily basis 
you automatically become more aware and it's not something new so you can hold your stance better and for the others as well i consider like i have a actually i was talking to one of my students yesterday he's like a, a he teaches phd in the philosophy you know like he's a he teach here in the university in Birmingham. Uh, his name is Scott. He's American. And uh, he got his blue purple belt uh, in the uh, beginning of the year. And he was talking to me, brother, man, like this was the best thing that I did on my 50s, you know, because it changed. And then, well, right. and then we mentioned about that situation or how important right. it is for you to stand by yourself. I said, yeah, you know, like I was on a day in the gas station and someone, I, I just because I was taking a little long on the pump, because who doesn't? Sometimes we do. And I said, the guy came rushing at me. He was kind of buff, buff guy. Yeah. And um, when he came at me, I was already analyzing if he come at me, what to do. I already knew what I was going to act if something happened. But at the same time, I controlled the situation. I calmed him down. But I was ready because I had that confidence. You know, and then that shows a lot. When you have the understanding of the environment that you're at, you, when you know what that could lead and you right. are always prepared for the worst case scenario, yeah. you come more, yourself can come up easily. And I also have kids that I have a guy called um, uh, Akil. He, I remember that the first class, I mean, for the first three months, he didn't say a word. Mm at all he couldn't let it out right and remember because we used to do some specific trainings and i i asked the people to give themselves the number so okay right. give us numbers from one to three so we separate the group okay we got that. one two three when it goes to he goes one two he couldn't he didn't have but he had the the the, the passion that he to be including something he loved to be around people that be part of the family yeah. And it's something that he can express himself because jujitsu, you you express yourself the way that you are, right? Right, and you are accepted by the way that you are too, because right. everyone is different. And by the end of the the year, the kid cannot stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the funniest um, guys. What have we done? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what have I done? But uh, yeah, so this kind yeah. of uh, you know benefits for feeling inclusion yeah. because kids especially and adults but comes from the kids for right sure. for sure the kids when you go to some uh, an environment that you kind of feel a little bit out of place or you, you don't you feel like you don't have control you you feel more comfortable at home when you're in a safe environment right. see when you have too much safety and you only feel comfortable on the safety when you put yourself yourself out there in the world you know, it's like we're going to the jungle, you know, and if you don't know how to stand for yourself, you get very reclusive. And if you're not accepted by people around because, you know, have the uh, so many dividing the, the tribes in school and, right. you know, right, right. aging, you know. So when you go to jujitsu, in my case, or for martial arts, you, you're being part of something and, and mm. then you feel that you belong. And, and by who you are. And this shows the principles, the importance of, first of all, just accept yourself and be honest with yourself and yeah. then don't compare yourself with others because right. everyone has attributes and flaws. So yeah. it's how you appreciate your attributes and try to work around and develop your flaws. And right. like if you accept it from the beginning, you are more willing to explore the areas without punishment. Yeah, and, and talk a bit about that first step, though. You know, uh, a little bit about the story you mentioned kind of early without going too much in depth. But, but talk a bit <laughs> about that, because I think a lot of, you know, 18, 20, you know, 25 years old, like usually our target group is like 18 to 35, right? And I think maybe a lot of them is just thinking, ah, maybe like, is this something I should start? Like, maybe I'm too old. Maybe I'm like, put it a little bit into context of like how this, your your great uh, story that you that you want to bring yes. up. Yes. Um because I like, I love metaphors and uh, I, I believe myself by specializing in jujitsu and break down and connect the dots on my past. You know, I, I, I can't explain anything that I lived in life or yeah. that people around me that lived in life through 
jujitsu. You know, sure. and metaphorically talking, I, I like to talk. That is a a story that I I designed mm. to exp, to pass it on what my journey was in jujitsu. Right. Right. Let's suppose that we have uh, you're going to to the uh, to the to your office and you park your car and you're feeling that you are in a goodwill and you see a homeless come at you asking for some money. Excuse me, can I have two euros, please, or two pounds, or whatever? Right. You right. don't have two euros, but you are in a goodwill today. So you know what? Have five. And the guy goes, "Cheers, mate," and leave. When he leave, you 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 did it without expecting nothing back. You did you could say no, but you did say yes. You go back to your office, and you go with one kind of mindset. But mm -hmm. imagine if that person who is the homeless, when he asks for two pounds, you give five, and he goes, "I I, I sure sir, um, I I just need two, and then no, oh, have five. And oh my God, man, thank you so much. I haven't eaten a hot food for a week, right. and now you made my day. Thank you so much. And mm -hmm. then. He goes, you already go back home. I uh, go back to the office. Already, he caught your attention there because yeah. he appreciated it, right? Right. Now, imagine that he goes, uh, when you go to the office and then you come back to go for a coffee and you come out and you see that same homeless with the same attitude, appreciating everything. And he goes and he just finished off washing your car when you didn't ask. He mm. goes, Bro, you didn't need to do that. Bro, listen, I just wanted to say thank you because mm -hmm. it, it, it's meant to me a lot. I I, I really appreciate that. And I, I just wanted to give back. Right. That guy calls even more attention to you. But imagine, imagine if that guy at first, when you give the three, three euros more, he goes, be as appreciative and said, oh man, you know what? It's great because now I can help John. I'm going to bring John with me to eat that food. Mm. Now he no longer just appreciating and he also is uh, sharing with, mm. with John. Yeah. And imagine if when you come back, you see him and John washing your car. And do, do you get it what I'm saying? Right. That already go back. And say, Mo, that guy will call your attention straight away because right. for you to come from zero, like you are homeless, you're zero, right. to depend on you, you first, you need to be honest with yourself, mm -hmm. understand the scenario and accept the scenario right. and work and do some actions right. with the right intentions right. because you can do nothing about it. You can do something right or something wrong. So it's on his power to accept or blame the, the 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 governor or blame the system that yeah. uh, the world is against me, but if once you accept and you're honest and you you try to act with the good intentions, you can start connect with people by appreciation right. and by giving back, right. and this is one of the things that are really be touching the the the, the dots, because in 2018 I tried to make a. Uh, post of motivational post and I put a hashtag appreciate and give back and yeah. I'm a little dyslexic so I, I didn't I, I didn't know if uh, I was doing right because every time I put there was no auto autocorrect autocorrect yeah. said, oh, no. so basically in 2018 I was the first person on earth to put the hashtag appreciate and give back mm. I go hold on a second so I know how important it was for me mm. to connect to people that right. because you never go up on your yeah. own you need to connect the the one of the most important thing for me in my jiu-jitsu and in my journey in my life to be where i am today coming from nothing in jiu-jitsu was being very appreciative and very giving back and passing it on to help others too mm -hmm. and when i put the hashtag and there's no way even one person on, on the world that put the hashtag that means people don't put in purpose to pass the message Mm. The, the importance of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I know there's a lot of people, everyone is different in the world. There's a lot of people that they appreciate and give back naturally, but they don't call attention to the importance of it. Right. And I figured through my journey when I connect the points, if I wasn't so appreciative, if I wasn't just giving back, if I didn't try to help others, I would never have climbed the ladder to end up being Birmingham in a way 
that I could have the opportunities that appear to me to take my own actions with this and, and improve with all those mindset. And also, this is one thing that I really want to, uh, I'm, 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 I'm develop myself in a way that I want to pass this message with right. them, to pass back, it right? with the purpose. Mm -hmm. When you appreciate, when you give back, when you're honest and you, right. when you accept, that is a chance. Because if I ask you, what right. are the chances of a homeless to become a multimillionaire by right. its own actions? You're going to say, it's almost impossible. But it's not impossible. That is a chance. Zero, 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 one percent. But how can he start the journey? This is the first thing. Because I am, because I am a homeless in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. That became. I'm not. I'm not a multimillionaire. Yeah, but yeah, forget yeah. It. It's not about the money. But yeah. it's the, the 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 spectrum that I that I came from in jiu-jitsu is equivalent. Right. We all make it clear it's a metaphor, but it's 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 a really important story about giving back, right? And I think like the, the sport industry has uh, has a very how can I say like a very consistent image, especially from the leaders in the industry. They all know how hard it is to enter the sport industry, right? And probably jiu-jitsu too, and like being at a highest level, right? It's it's mm -hmm. not easy, right? It's it's very competitive. It's 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 hard hard, a lot of hard work, right? And yeah, so being able to give back, you know, it it's it means a lot because you can kind of relate to being in that position. And I just wanted to kind of about to wrap up here because we're running out of time. Um, and, and I just wanted to talk like just very briefly, uh, because I think we covered a lot of the things that we wanted to talk about, but very briefly here, um, which we haven't talked about that much is, is obviously yours, one of the leaders as well of uh, Gracie Barra, Baja. Uh, what do you learned? Uh, talk a little bit about, you know, what impact, you know, Gracie Baja has had and has in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world. Just talk like, just yeah. a brief, brief note on I'll this. I'll try to be because I know I can talk a lot. <laughs> Listen, uh, I really, um, the Grace Bar is my team for a reason, you know, because I connected through all those principles that I have been sharing right. here. Yeah. You know, Master Carlos Gracie Jr. is my master. His dad was the person who created Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He adapted right. the Jiu Jitsu to the Brazilian style that made all this boom that what it is tonight uh, nowadays. Right. And um, Carlos Gracie Sr., he was very, uh, evolved person. He was very uh, like a guru, you know, and he saw something in jiu-jitsu that was very uh, uh, important for life. And he used to say that if everyone in the world practice jiu-jitsu, either in training or in here, yeah. the world would be a much better place to live, right? <laughs> and I truly believe that because right. you learn all those things that we spoke about, right? Yeah. Now, Master Carlos Gracie Jr., he is the main leader, coincidentally or not, you know, he is not the number one uh, son or second or third or the 10th. He's the right. 13 or 12, and yeah. he's the Carlos Gracie Jr. And he is the leader of, he was the guy that created the IBJJF, which is the association around the world that made Jiu-Jitsu become the biggest, even when Jiu-Jitsu works with Jiu-Jitsu because of that. And he has the academy that is the biggest reference within jiu-jitsu itself. So it's leading the way, like the tree, the mother right. tree, nourish the other trees yeah. through the jiu-jitsu, you know? So um, I believe the reason why is because there's a lot, the vision is beyond yeah. himself. Right. It's jiu-jitsu that he passed it on. is not just jiu-jitsu to be uh, uh, the best competitor, but it's jiu-jitsu for everyone right. to help people to become a better version. Yeah. of themselves and and then he has that desire and that vision to have one school in every city in the world so we can put a, a place a seed of positivity in that community with the intentions to help people to live right. off jiu-jitsu and to help people to become a better version of themselves and yeah. pass it on and on and on first yeah. he created a very strong and a success story then he helped someone else to create also a success story. Now he helped someone else to help someone else to become keeps, a success story. It keeps trickling, you know, it's like a trickling. And then that's snowball that's, effect, as we call it here. <laughs> that's the snowball effect. And that's why it's so effect, uh, it's so uh, uh, successful. And if you if you trace down all the principal core concept, you know, 
the main core values of the Gracie Bar is integrity, brotherhood, and and and, and development. So yeah. it, it, that's it, really, because of that mindset of being just being more than just a sport of amber each other we've come with the philosophy to help people in life that's why it's so successful and people are getting to understand what jiu-jitsu can give to us that's awesome well with that Prolio, i would like to thank you you know so much for taking the time for sharing uh, your stories and, and a lot of the mental aspect of jiu-jitsu and how important it is you know, in life, you know, and like just again connecting the dots as you were talking about. I think we might have to set up another podcast. Yes, for sure. <laughs> to, I think talk, so. We have so to, much to talk. To talk to, we have a lot to cover. Talk. I think you know, we connect or, the dots there too. We can cross reference um, everything back. Exactly, exactly. So you know, once again, thank you so much for taking the time. It's been a pleasure having you part of the podcast. And to to wrap up here as well, I have. I know you. I, I I know you love challenges. I know you love to you know challenge yourself. So we have a sporting global tradition where I got to teach you a little bit Norwegian. So oh, I love that. <laughs> I love learning. There you go. So with every video we do, we always finish with "Vi snakkes," which means "See you later in Norwegian." So that's what you have. Vi snakkes. There you go. Easy peasy, you know. <laughs> Let's go. So, All right. Vi snakkes. Be snuck is. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Brolio. Thank you very much. Have a good one.